Connor Esiason, and you're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esiason Foundation and GunnerEsiason.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, Digital Credit Union, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and not necessarily those of the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, hey, it's Gunnar Siasen. We are back again for another episode of Breathe In. As always, joined by Tiffany. Tiffany, how are you? I'm doing good, you know, living life, the summer life. Yes, and, yes. Well, into you know, August now. Um, yeah, and you were off last week, too. Here. Yes, you had, you had the podcast off last week. Uh, so we are yeah. excited to have you back on. Um, yeah. And we are also joined by a guest, Olivia Deusterberg, 26 mm-hmm. years old, living with cystic fibrosis from Denver. Olivia, how are you? Good. Doing pretty good. good. I love the weather out here. It's awesome. <laughs> we are uh, happy to have you here on the podcast. So the reason you're actually on the podcast is because you suggested a topic to us on Twitter. Um, you're like one of my like CF Twitter pals. Um, we uh, <laughs> you, you tweeted a few a few weeks ago about um, doing a podcast about moving to somewhere new. Um, so that I currently fall into that category. You fall into that category because you moved to Denver from St. Louis six months ago. Um, so today we're talking a little, a little bit about what's like to, to move locations, what goes into moving locations, mm-hmm. um, and how that sort of affects your cystic fibrosis and why yeah. someone may or may not move anywhere. Um, so a spoiler alert uh, for those of you who do listen to the podcast, all of the podcasts prior to today have been pre-recorded in July. So this is actually my first podcast coming to you from Hanover, New Hampshire. Um, I actually moved not long ago. Um, so I'm really kind of yep. in the middle of it. But Olivia, I want to start with you. Um, why are you in Denver? Why did you move there? And kind of what went into it? Um, so I've been coming out here to snowboard since I was little. And I've always kind of wanted to move. And I'm almost done with school. Um, I'm taking classes online to finish my degree in environmental science. And there's so many different jobs out here for that. So, and I was kind of ready to leave my old job. So it kind of just aligned. And my boyfriend, he works out here too. So I just really so a lot, to move finally. A, a, a lot of reasons you got to go into it. But I want to stop there. Actually, you... Uh, said you uh, a big snowboarder. I am and now, now finally living in a place where there are mountains. I haven't gone skiing in probably over oh. 10 years. Uh, so I am, th- that'll be a new thing for me in the coming months here. Uh, do you, do you have you can do it? I'm sorry? Do you think you can do it? Oh no, yeah, I definitely can. I know I can, it's like riding a bike. But I had, do you, I'm looking for advice here from Lydia. Do you have oh. any advice for me to get back into, I tried snowboarding, mm-hmm. didn't love it. I'm more of a skier. Um, but, right. you know, should I just like go for it, go for the, the big time slopes, or should I just start in the bike <laughs> and work my way up? Um, if you're going to ski, and again, like if you're just starting new on a snowboard, start small. But if you're going to ski, I mean, you can kind of just 
cut out like a just, just figure it out. So, just, yeah. just figure it out. It's you been a long time. It's like I certainly hope so. I remember the the French fry and pizza. That's what I remember. Oh no, I know. I'm, 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 I'm a big pizza. pizza. I'm a big pizza guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a the French pizza. fry guy. Excuse me. <laughs> um, so it's easier to ski. It's easier to pick up skiing than snowboarding, but it's harder to get better at skiing. That's right. Yeah. All right. So now you know you're you're living in Denver. Um, what what did it take to move there from like your CF perspective? You know what was what went into the move seemingly you know um, several states away from uh, from Missouri. Mm-hmm. So uh, what went into it? Yeah. So actually, I started coming out to the clinic here like a few years ago because I had mycobacterium mm-hmm. growing and my doctor here is like really good at treating it. So I was getting like a second opinion on how to treat it from him. So I had already a little bit of a relationship with the clinic, which helped. But I think the, wor- the hardest part was like getting all of the um, information like transferred. I don't know if you yeah. have that uh, <laughs> same yeah. experience, but like it just took forever to get all the records. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nice that my doctors like knew each other from like conventions and stuff, mm-hmm. so they could just like call each other up and talk about it. Yeah, that's a but, that's a pretty significant like problem that you're bringing up is that a people don't really know that they actually own their medical records. A lot of hospitals, right. you know, will put roadblocks up, or especially in medical centers, will put roadblocks up to get for a patient to actually get their medical records. That's a pretty significant yeah. problem um, yeah. in you know within the larger healthcare picture of the United States. Um, but I, you know, I think that you're also hitting on something else where a lot of the doctors do know each other. You know, the cystic fibrosis circle is really only so big. Like, and Tiffany, on your perspective, like you obviously yeah. went from CF clinic to transplant where, you know, those doctors also right. you know, know each other well too. You know, I think there's definitely a sense of exactly. comfort in going to a clinic that, you know, you're, you're knowing somebody or you're, you're seeing somebody that knows what they're talking about. And they kind of know, uh, you know, your background a little bit just because they've experienced CF in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the communication's really good to be able to talk to them and know that since I'm at at one center over here, uh, I do Kaiser over here, but my transplant clinic's at Stanford, I can go and do all my labs over here, Mm -hmm. and they can automatically send them to Stanford. Oh, so 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 did you have to get that set up? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So uh, basically I have a coordinator, a transplant coordinator at Kaiser, and Mm -hmm. I have my Stanford coordinator and they talk Gotcha. and they get everything transferred over Mm -hmm. and they're really good at it. They do it right away. So Mm -hmm. it's been really, I've had a good um, experience with it. So Mm -hmm. I can see how it'd be hard from state to state though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think because of how far it is, you know, you know, I think like looking back to like what I did a few, really a few weeks, months ago, I started the process a while ago like I started back in the spring as soon as I knew I was going to grad school I you know made the doctor aware and I started like getting those gears in motion um, A because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm participating in clinical mm-hmm. trials so like I had to be able to That's move true. the trial from New York to New Hampshire fortunately the clinic mm-hmm. here Dartmouth Hitchcock is hosting the same trial so I, that, that was a oh, seamless good. seamless transition had Dartmouth not been, you know been a trial location for whatever you know, for the trial that I'm in that would have been mm-hmm. a problem I think um, you know, then I would have I would have had to figure it out. Maybe I go to Boston, or you know, in in worst case, I would have had to go back to New York every several weeks. Um, mm-hmm. So that was like the one major thing that I had to do. But the other thing that I had to do was really, uh, like you said, Olivia, transfer every single medical record from the past however many years up here to 
to Dartmouth, and that was you know a little bit of a pain in the ass. You know, I when I finally met the doctor uh, at Dartmouth Hitchcock, you know, not so long ago, he walked in with like the stack of papers, and like you know, I, I saw like at least an abridged version of my full uh-huh. medical record from the past, you know, probably five ten years, oh, cool. um, and I yeah, immediately really started laughing. Crazy. I was like, that thing is huge, yeah. and like, there's no way you went through oh, the whole gosh. thing, but um, it's kind of like you know, when you go to like a new doctor or something, and they're like. Oh, what's your like medical history? Or, like, do you have any medication? Yeah. And you're just like, okay, give me like a category, like steroids, yeah. antibiotics. Like, what do you need to know? <laughs> it's so true. I had the same same experience. I came into Stanford and they had a huge book, and I was like, what is that? And they're like, that's your medical record. I'm like, wow, it was insane for to me. And I took a picture of it and everything, and was sending it to everybody. I was like, that's my medical record. That's insane. It's just crazy to think that they have it in paper form because now it's so electronic now. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm wondering, like, what else um, did you did you do that, you know, you had to to go through um, to get to get to make the change a seamless transition? Right. You know, I can talk to myself in a minute, but Olivia, I want to know what you you know, you did did it a little bit longer ago than I did. You know, what um, what did you do uh, to get to where you are? Well, another thing that helped was when I came here to look for apartments, I like went to a clinic appointment with them. So like, and the funny thing is I had like a really dramatic move because I was in Mexico the week before I was supposed to move and I got really sick. So I actually was in the hospital in Mexico and then I ended up in the hospital here. Like I flew back home after I got a little better and then they put me direct admission into the hospital in Denver. And my boyfriend had to move all of our stuff by himself. It wasn't really seamless, but it helped that I could go directly into the hospital and like they already had everything ready. You know? yeah. So let's stop there. What what was it like being inpatient in Mexico? <laughs> like you know what Seriously. what were the circumstances that led to that, and how did you Ugh. a cope with that, and b like how did you did you feel comfortable there? Um, it was pretty crazy. I mean, I was there for a wedding. My cousin got married, and like I was feeling kind of sick, and I started taking oral antibiotics. But I had this like I was on the plane on the way home, and one of the engines blew out. So I had to turn around and land in Mexico City, but I was so sick. And then I just ended up going straight to the hospital. And I actually had to transfer hospitals because I didn't have a pulmonologist the first one I went to. It was crazy. I mean, the staff that I got at the second hospital was like, they were really helpful. Um, It was just a little scary when they were like giving me medicine because I didn't really know was you know like you're giving me all these steroids and i was like can you at least like try and tell me what the name is so i can like translate it or you know because they don't have doctors that really deal with cf there so it was really crazy but were they able to translate stuff to you like um, translate anything no only the doctors in english so i would have to call like like, the doctor in but I speak oh. like a bit of Spanish, so that was helpful. But right. for medicine, I mean, you don't like, speak medical Spanish. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's definitely a limitation there. <laughs> yeah, a definitely scary thing to go through. Yeah, like I didn't have an oxygen machine with me, and I think that really was the kicker because I like couldn't get back on the plane because I didn't. My oxygen was too low, so I would recommend traveling with oxygen if you can. That's like my takeaway from that. Well, that's a pretty that's a pretty significant experience. So then you finally got to Denver, and like then yeah. you, you know you you meet the whole new brand new team yeah. in the setting of a uh, uh, like just an admission. 
Yeah, the funny thing is, like, um, because I had gone through so much to get to the hospital in Denver when I came in, like, they knew I was a new patient, and all the nurses were, like, clapping, like, just for fun. Like, so I walked up <laughs> and I was like, oh, this feels good. Like, this is a good uh, introduction. A nice welcoming. <laughs> yeah. Nice welcome. Um, yeah. <laughs> to the team. That's, that's, that's pretty rough. Um, you know, I... I, kudos to you for for sticking through it and getting through that, um, but you know I, my transition on my end has been a little bit uh, the, the smoother, not not quite as uh, hectic. You know, flying, flying from one country to the next and going from one hospital to the next, um, and you know I, I think there's there's a, there's definitely a lot that goes into it beyond the actual you know going to the CF clinic. You know there's you know you yeah. got to think about a pharmacy, you got to think about um, you know, obviously you're changing your address. You're, you're, there's a lot of things that change when you're moving from one mm-hmm. state to the next. Um, and, and, and one of the things that like I kind of stressed over before actually getting to you know the new condo is a where is my where where am I gonna, where am I going to put my treatments? B where am I going to yeah. do my treatments? Where am I going to keep you know all my extra treatments? Where, where does all right. that stuff go? Because when you're living you know in one place for such a long period of time, it just becomes second nature. You don't you don't ever actually actually yeah. have to think about what you're going to do with your stuff, where you're going to put it, um, and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But um, for some reason, I, I was stressing over that for the past you know several weeks leading up to the move. And then as soon as I, you know, got into the place, it just became like second nature. I go, okay, this is where right. they're going to go. They're going to go, you know, not so far from the kitchen so I can, you know, wash mm. them, but also mm-hmm. not too far between, uh, you know, the, the nebulizer. So actually I'm doing something I've mm-hmm. never done before. I have a little bit of a med cart. I've never used oh, one before. Oh, look at you. Yes. It's, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a med cart in the sense that it's really where all my medications are. My best and my nebulizer are not on them. So I don't, okay. I'm still not doing, I haven't gone that far into the med cart life. Um, for those of you who listen to the podcast, you kind of know the inside joke that Tiffany and I have. Tiffany and giving me a, a hard time for not using in my cart for so many years. Yeah. Um, right. But I finally do have something that kind of rolls around. Um, right. And it's actually pretty good. I have like a big giant space on top for all of my Nebtees to dry out as well too, um, yeah, which, which has been good. helpful. And I, I will say the one thing about moving that I, like, I guess I didn't really kind of realize is that as soon as you kind of settle in, the thing that's very familiar mm-hmm. with your day-to-day life is the, the CF treatment routine, right? So like right. that, as soon as you kind of kick that into high gear, it all of a sudden mm-hmm. feels like, okay, this is what I've been doing. This is, you know, I, I know what I'm doing and this is, this is what's normal for me. Right. Yeah. I, it's funny that you say that because actually now my old place was kind of cramped, but now I actually have an entire like cabinet where I put all my medicine and then I mm-hmm. put the rest of it that I take at night, like in my bedside table. But mm-hmm. for the first time I feel like I'm organized and it's mm-hmm. like so yeah. much, it's so helpful. It's like, Oh, I just got to fill my pill container for the week instead of scrambling around. Where's this one? And that one, it's like right there. Right. So that's one benefit about moving. You can kind of like go through your old meds, get rid of them, and then organize yes. the rest. Yeah. You yes. Know? Well, yeah. You kind of go yeah. through. Like, you go, like I keep them stashed like by dates, you know. So as soon as you start going <laughs> through that stuff, you're like, okay, th- I've had this thing forever. Like I've had like a Toby Podhaler sitting right. like in the cabinet where I keep my treatments back in New York. That thing's probably yeah. been there for like uh-huh. six or seven years. I stopped using Podhaler so long <laughs> yeah. ago that I was like, what the hell is this so thing doing? So you don't need it now. Yeah. It's yeah. just. It's just like, like yeah. it's like a thing in the past, um, yeah. you know. I, I Olivia, on, on your end, you know, what else can you say? You know, did you you know, change pharmacy, or you know, do you still get like shipments from mom and dad back home? You know what? Um, you know what was that like transitioning pharmacy? Well, actually, my new CF clinic here in Denver has a specialty pharmacy that's like right by the hospital. That's mostly CF meds, so okay. I don't actually have to get a lot of my meds through the mail anymore, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Oh, that's great. Cool. Cool. 
Um, but another thing is my new apartment complex has like um, package lockers. So mm. I feel more confident about like getting okay. my slave. Cause my old place, I had to get them sent to my aunt and then go pick them up cause it would get stolen uh, in mm. St. Louis. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that was really helpful. And then I also have a regular pharmacy like right down the street. But you know, when you're sick and like my boyfriend travels a lot for work and my parents are not here. So when I'm sick, I need to be able to access the pharmacy like close. So that's really nice. And that was definitely something like I looked into when I was looking for places. So yeah, it's kind of a similar situation for me at Dartmouth. They actually have the in clinic, the in medical center pharmacy, which I've never actually experienced before uh, because we don't have yeah. one as a Columbia. Yeah. I know Tiffany. I know you have one. You kind of get all your meds from one place. Yeah. Um, exactly. So I, and that's something I actually learned at my first clinic appointment. I, I had no idea that even existed. Um, yeah. I had it set up to the point where I've been using a mom and pop pharmacy back in, in New York for like twenty five years, and like, I don't want. And, and they're so amazing because like they know exactly what I what I need and they can kind of get things on special order and they, they're able to you know maneuver the system to make sure that they have what they're ha- you know what they what they have what they need for me um, and I've always felt more comfortable there than like a CVS for example because you go to CVS it's kind of like yeah. a, it's kind of like a shit show you go there and you gotta wait you know for, for a half hour 45 minutes I saw an article who knows if it's true but I saw an article somewhere that when you go to like one of those places CVS or Walgreens they make you wait so that you actually go through the rest of the store and shop right so I you know who, know, who knows who knows if there's any truth to that or not but I saw that and I was like okay that makes sense because when you're waiting for the you know when you're waiting for the pharmacist to like put three pills in the model you're like alright I'm gonna go look at the yeah. candy I mean I don't know about you but I'm, I'm gonna go look at the candy aisle yeah. um, there's, more, there's more stimulation in those environments yes, exactly. than a normal pharmacy totally and you know my plan had been to just stick with mom and pop pharmacy so I, so I didn't have to deal with CVS but now I'm actually considering mm-hmm. Oh wait! If, mm-hmm. Dar- if Dartmouth Hitchcock has uh, a specialty pharmacy where I can get all of my CF meds from one place, you know th- that may not be a That's bad so idea. Easy. Given the fact that actually yeah. the medical center is literally two minutes from where I live, so it's it, it's actually oh, clo- it's the closest I've ever lived to a medical center. When I like first made my appointment there, I made the joke that. <laughs> Oh yeah, don't worry. I'll be there early. It usually takes me an hour and a half to get to CF Clinic. This would be the first time where I can actually right. walk there if I wanted to. <laughs> um, That's awesome. I mean, everything's two minutes away. Like, there's nothing that far. Is, is there's two stoplights in the entire town, so it's like it's that kind of place. Um, that's so that that's amazing. kind of what I'm dealing with, and it's actually cool to be yeah. going to a new place. And you know, now right. I, I do want to get you know uh, some feedback from both of you on this. Is yeah. when, when you go to a new medical provider. So, Tiffany, in your case, mm-hmm. a transplant provider, but uh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. when you're on the transplant waiting list in Olivia, in your case, you know, having to actually go to Denver because you uh, cultured mycobacteria. Um, <clears throat> you know, what is it like when you see a new CF team? I love talking to a new CF team simply because mm-hmm. they're giving you a, you know a different you know look than your your you know the the, mm-hmm. the provider who maybe has seen you for the past 10 15 20 years is giving you so I mm-hmm. think it's nice to have right. a different set of eyes on you um, and, sure. I, and I'm wondering from both of your perspectives you know Tiffany you can start you know what's it like when yeah. you you know meet a new doctor for the first time when I went to pre-transplant um, clinic I was pretty excited just knowing that I'm may I'm gonna be listed maybe and I'm gonna be able to breathe and when I went in there I met the doctors I met the whole team and they were just so nice and just so um, like welcoming to me and it was kind of like I wasn't a number it was like <laughs> I was a, I was actually like someone they wanted to get to know and know about what I love to do and Mm -hmm. what I was excited to do after getting new lungs and why I wanted 
to go through this process because like we know transplant is a big deal it's not just a walk in the park and especially leading up to it it's scary so just having them be able to tell me like it's gonna be fine we're gonna get you to there and just having them just meeting new people and knowing Mm -hmm. that they care about me just Mm -hmm. was great so I had a great experience and I like you said um I love you like to meet new people and I do too and I like to see the other perspective and they gave me such a positive perspective on life and being getting a transplant so now, Olivia, in your case, you know, you obviously you know sought out a second opinion because of, uh, you know, the, what you were culturing. So I, I, you know, I can imagine if I had, you know had to put myself in your shoes, you know, that that had to be that would be totally nerve wracking. You know, getting that kind of diagnosed and all of a sudden having to go see somebody specifically for that. What was that like? Um, I guess I kind of decided to do it myself. My old doctor in St. Louis knew how to treat it, but. I was like, I need to get rid of this. Like, so what can, what do you suggest I can do beyond what we're doing now to like fix it? And then he suggested this doctor. And when I first met my doctor, Dr. Nick, he was like, he's just, he's like seven and a half feet tall or something. He's so tall. (laughs) He comes in, when you talk to him, you're kind of, he kind of reminds me of like the dude. He's just Uh, like, hey, uh, what's up? I'm like, doctor, like. And I just had such a good connection with him, and that actually made the gears start turning, like, maybe I should move here. Uh-huh. And then after I moved and I met the whole team, it's, like, been, like, life-changing. Like, they've assessed so many different things that the other doctors, like, I guess, I don't know if it was because, um, like, the other doctors were used to routine with me and things changed, and I didn't really express it to them enough or what. But getting that second opinion and, like, different perspective, mm-hmm. like, I've gained, like, eight pounds, They've diagnosed me with um, asthma, CF-related asthma, and I didn't even know that was, like, a thing until then. So it was just, like, really nice to get, like, all this other input that I never had before and, like, start tackling things that I never thought that I could, like, Mm -hmm. fix. Like, I thought my stomach was just going to hurt forever. Like, I was just always going (laughs) to black up. But then, like, they fixed all my gastro issues, you know? Mm -hmm. Because when you have something going on for so long, it's, like, oh no i'm fine you know because that's just how you feel you know Uh Uh so that was really cool to like kind of have a whole holistic approach to everything that i was doing Uh you know and it's not necessarily because the old doctor was worse it was just kind of a new perspective you know what i mean i I think you made a good point by saying you know you fell into a routine with with the old clinic and like in a lot of ways routines are kind of what at least my opinion they kind of keep us alive right you know, sticking to be, yeah. able, be able to do the treatment routine is like a, such a cornerstone of CF life that I think it's so important. <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, you do get into a routine with the clinic. You know, you go, you see the same people, you have the same formalities, you know, very little kind of changes except like, you, you know, you, you, you know, slowly and slowly and slowly get a little bit more sick each time you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, that that's kind of like that, that, that can be kind of a weird place. Um, and I think it's always important, you know. Every CF doctor kind of has a very different specialty in, in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. and, when, and when you go to them, you know you, you kind of feel like you're you're hitting a different specialty within the larger umbrella of CF. Exactly. Um, and something that, that I've enjoyed doing, especially when I go to like a new clinic, is I try to you know 
at least get a consult with like a research focused doctor because the research focused doctor is someone who's like really on the, the cutting edge of CF care. You know, they, yeah. you know, they're, you know, they're making research informed decisions um, or, or rather recommendations because that's what, that's what a doctor is telling you. It's a recommendation, right? So, um, and I, and I think it's important that, um, you know, you do find somebody who you're comfortable with, you know, you don't want to be assigned mm-hmm. to a doctor in a new place that you know, you're just not going to get along with. Or you're not going to like, you know, I think it's important that you do find uh, a comfort zone as you do have at your, yeah. as you would have had uh, at your old clinic. Definitely. And my old clinic was uh, very focused on transplant. So oh. I kind of feel like my new clinic is more uh, focused on like maintaining uh, lung function, mm-hmm. I guess. So it, it kind of was like, oh, they're like more focused on this. My old clinic mm-hmm. is great at transplants. So that's probably why they weren't so focused on, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, <laughs> that's that, definitely important. That's totally true. And I think it, you know, I think it does. Uh, come down to a degree of self awareness, right? You have to be able mm-hmm. to be honest with yourself to know how you're yeah. getting treated. I, I, I think you, sh- you know, if you let's put it this way, you don't make it into your 20s and 30s and 40s with CF without knowing what you need and and what you need to kind of survive. And I think yeah. you know yeah. a, a lot of times it's kind of like, it's kind of <laughs> having um, you know a very tough conversation with yourself. You know, we were talking about the colonoscopy, you know, a few weeks ago on the podcast, <laughs> and like that required a tough conversation with myself about having to get a colonoscopy done. You know, not the most fun thing in the world to think about, but there I was. <laughs> On the table with the camera up my butt, you know. So you I know, just I, had yeah. one too. Oh, you just had one too. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're part yeah. You're, you're part of the colonoscopy club. Me all out. Do you do you have a feeding tube or no? Get one. Sorry, what? Do you have a feeding tube? No, I don't. Oh, so you had to drink the nasty stuff. Oh, that's horrendous. Yeah. I cannot and even imagine. I kept delaying it, so I kept having to like do it. Oh. I, I swear, I lost like five pounds at oh. Oh. I was like, Horrendous. "Come on, just do it," you know. Yeah. Right. I lost, I lost some weight too. I definitely oh. lost some weight too. I had like, a, I had a clinic appointment yeah. like the week after, and I had, I was down. Um, yeah, but I could not imagine. Better had... afterwards, though. And that makes well, sense. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Tiffany, good luck with that. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. definitely not. It's, yeah, it's exactly well. what you think it is, and. Right. Um, Godspeed because you don't have a feeding tube. You know you actually have to drink the the, the horrendous stuff. Maybe, maybe um, I'll film it. But if you drink, but if you drink Mir- <laughs> if you drink Miralax, it's not it's not different. It's I, not much different than that. Miralax, I can't taste it. So I don't know why all these people say they can taste it. It's disgusting. I can't taste it at all. I kind of like so. the taste of Miralax. Oh <laughs> man! Oh no! It's horrible. No. No, the stuff that I drank for the colonoscopy was like pretty bad and they told me to drink it with crystal okay. light and it made it so much okay. worse so I don't oh, really? oh, okay. really? don't drink it with crystal light it's disgusting don't do it. it's <laughs> funny I, they, they told me on my on my bottle for the one it said like it explicitly said refrigerate like it, 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 it yeah. refrigerator. and I I made the mistake of not understanding why it needed to be refrigerated so it's refrigerated for the taste obviously it's not it doesn't need yeah. to be like yeah. it, it doesn't have to sit in the refrigerator to like yeah. for like it's uh, right. like it's it's like uh, the chemical compounds in it. That's not why right, it needs to be right, refrigerated. Right. So I, the first time I was jamming that stuff down my feeding tube, I was like, oh my God, it's like, I, my, like, well, my, my body temperature, like dropped and I was oh like freezing gosh, cold. Yeah. So I, after that, I just, I just did room temperature from that point on. Uh, it was so bad. It was so bad. That's so crazy. Okay. So I have a question about moving. Yeah. So since you guys have moved from one environment to the next, do you have, like your elevation and stuff, does that oh, yeah. have anything going on with your CF? Does it affect it a lot that you saw from moving one place to the another to another? Oh, I mean, that, that one's for you because yeah, our yeah. The, ma- the mountains we have here I in New Hampshire know. are not quite like the Rockies, so that quite, that question's <laughs> yeah. for yeah. you. 
So I moved from like about 500 feet elevation to about 8,000, 8, I think, or between seven and eight. And now I sleep with the oxygen, which is a little bit frustrating, but I actually think it helps me sleep better. For but sure. one of the main reasons I moved here was because as I've declined, it's been harder for me to come out to ski because the elevation change in a short period of time has really messed with me. So. Yeah. Like that's nice now that I'm like at a higher elevation that when I go up to ski, which is another like three or four thousand feet, it's not mm -hmm. as hard on me, mm -hmm. like on okay. my lungs and stuff. So um, overall, I've had to take on a couple more things to deal with the elevation, but it's mm -hmm. it's good though. And also the humidity here is way lower than St. Louis. And uh -huh. Oh, yeah, I'm like yeah. allergic to mold and all that stuff, so that's uh, been like yeah. really really good for me. Right. Uh, that's kind of it. <laughs> You know, as far as the humidity thing, that's something that I've I've noticed in you know being here now for uh, for a few days um, is that uh, the humidity here is much less much lower than back in Long Island. Oh, that's good. Um, and like yeah. uh, humidity is like my kryptonite. I always say like if you really wanted to if you really wanted to kill me the way you would do it is just lock me in a humid chamber and like come back right. a day later and I'd be gone. Um, you know, like the humidity is like totally my kryptonite. Um, here it's not, it's not quite as bad. We still do have some, um, but it's not nearly as bad as, as New York. Um, we don't have too much elevation here, so I haven't, you know, haven't had that problem yet. What we will have here in the winter though is we do have pretty brutal winters. Um, in fact, you know, when, when I interviewed here um, back in January for a spot in the, in the incoming class, it was, it was 10 below. So well, we will be doing We'll, yes, well, we will be dealing with that um, yeah. probably in a That's few months. So it's, although it's, it's so nice though because like it was yeah. the week I left New York, it was like 110 degrees. It was crazy. You know, I get oh, up here, it's yeah. already it's already below 50 at night. So yeah. it's uh, okay. it, yeah, it's like it's a total total change. I'm a, I'm much more of a winter person. Um, you know, I don't yeah. like I don't love hot weather. Um, so I, I kind of have yeah. enjoyed that that part of the change. Um, so um, we're, we're sort of running out of time here, but you know I, I do have one final question for you, Olivia, and then we'll let you give some advice. Um, you know what? Um, what you know? What at, at what point did you feel comfortable when you had finally moved to a new place? Because I think that's kind of a big like quote unquote fear that a lot of people have, especially when they have CF. Is you know what if I get there and I don't feel comfortable, or you know what if I get there and it's just it doesn't work out, or like you know, if I ever want to feel comfortable, you know? So what? Yeah. At, at what point did you kind of have that feeling that okay, this is actually fun. I can do this. Um, so at the first time I was hospitalized, obviously it was pretty traumatic when I was <laughs> yeah, yeah. in Mexico, but <laughs> I had a hospitalization in May. So like maybe three months or four months after we moved and, uh, like my boyfriend was out of town. My aunt and uncle that live here was out of town and all of my friends that live here, which is not very many because I haven't met a lot of people, they're all gone. And I spent the whole two week hospitalization without anybody visiting uh -huh. me. But I was like really comfortable because of the staff and everything. Uh -huh. And after that hospitalization, I was feeling a lot healthier. And it was just like, I love living here. You know, like, I, even though I like, I didn't have a lot of people around during the hospitalization, it was still okay. So that, mm -hmm. that's when I really felt like this is becoming like a home to me, uh -huh. you know, and I'm not like afraid to be here. You uh -huh. know, like, that's good. I, that's, yeah. that's good. I mean, and there's definitely a bit of a trial and error period. I think, you know, I'm, I'm certainly going through that right now. Like, for example, like for yeah. the past, like two or three days, I'm trying to go somewhere new to eat, you know, just so I can like, yeah. A, find like the place that I want to order food in, you know, like, so that works for yeah. takeout, you know, unfortunately it's not quite like New York. We don't have very many options here. Uh, <laughs> like this morning, I woke up, like this morning I woke up and got like donuts and coffee. I, like, I, I, I shit you not, this is what the place was like. I went to 
it was like some house. I looked on Yelp. It was it was called the Donut Place, and I went in, and it was a house. It was it was literally like some oh. old lady's oh. house. So this old That's lady, cool. she's like, you walk into the, the front door. To the right is I can only imagine where she lives. The left, there's like a little. It almost looks like a like a, like a drive through window, but inside the inside the house, and this yeah. little old woman who's no less than 80 years old is behind the window making donuts and like That's every it's, every donut is like a plant donut but she has like these bags she has like a bag of like powdered sugar a bag of cinnamon powder and a bag of like uh, jelly and you order what kind of donut you want based on the bags that she has available so I'm like walking and like it was like it was, it was like a dollar a donut and I'm sure this woman's been doing this probably for like 50 years and like all she wants to do is all she wants to do is like talk to the customers right so like that like you would never ever find that in New York zero chance you would find that in New York it's so, such an adventure when you like go to a new place yeah, totally. It's like a little bit uh, chase you out of your comfort zone, but uh-huh. also it like helps you learn so much by yourself too. I think mm-hmm. like being forced in the situations where yeah, you're oh, totally. sometimes, and you know what I mean. Totally. So, so I, I mean, I'm de- I'm definitely going through that like the growing pains now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's I, hard you to know, meet people sometimes. That's one thing that I've mm-hmm. run into, but. I'm, ho- I'm, I'm hoping the graduate school takes care of that for me because I'll be yeah, forced into yeah. a situation with the 200 new people. Um, yeah. But no, I totally get it. Like you have to be forced to be social. <laughs> and yeah, that, that's like, a, that's kind of like, a, that's a little bit out of, outside of my comfort zone. Um, but, but we'll see how that goes. Um, all right, so Olivia, we, we need we need you to give some advice to the listeners. Um, you know, what, what kind of advice do you want to give to people who are either thinking about moving or who maybe are hesitating to move or are moving uh, in the coming weeks? Um, I guess like for me, I had wanted to do it for so long and I finally just was like, F it, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. You should, if, you know, you should just go and do it because you can always move back to where you're from or where you came from. Mm-hmm. So I guess my advice would be just do it. Like, mm-hmm. but definitely prepare ahead of time. <laughs> yes. Like talk to the clinic, make sure you like your doctor there. Cause uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that, then just do it. <laughs> totally agree. I think that's really that's really really good advice. That's exactly what that's you have to do. You just have to jump in two feet first, um, and 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 kind of see where it takes you. And I think the longer you stress over it, the longer you kind of like, so what about this? What about that? You make excuses for yourself. That's kind of when it goes awry. Yeah. I think. Um, right. And you know, I, like that's I. Let's put it this way. This time last year, I was not even considering moving or going back to grad school or whatever. And this, yet here I am 12 months later and I'm yeah. here. So um, kind of in a similar situation. Um, but before we let you go, Olivia, we do need uh, to go through the recommendation segment. So we are going to go for some recommendations. Uh, Olivia, you'll start, then Tiffany, and then I'll, I'll finish up. Um, I watched a really funny movie called Always Be My Maybe. Oh, I saw that. Yes, I saw that. I don't like rom-coms, and I thought it was really good. So I would Uh say watch it. It's a good feel-good movie. It is is pretty good. It is pretty good. I'll have to watch that. Um, I'm going to do food again (laughs) because I like food. Um, (laughs) There's this... um, this all-American butter, it's peanut butter, and they have almond butter, and they give to uh, 10% to veterans oh, charity, cool. and um, so it's AmericanMayhem.com, and their Instagram's official underscore all-American butter, and they I believe they have vegan, and they're going to come out maybe with different um, butters as well, but they have like cookie butter 
batter, butter. They have oh, Reese's man. Pieces kind of one. It's really delicious. And I Probably eat it in high the morning. Calorie. Yeah, it does yeah. high calorie. Well, it's, <laughs> it's high protein and low, uh, the low carbs. So I always look at carbs because of my insulin dependency. Um, so it only has, some of them only have like, I think most are like six grams of carbs for uh-huh. two t- tablespoons. So it's very good and it's high protein. I love it. So go check it out. Cool. There you go. Um, a lot of butter from Tiff. Okay. So I uh, recently got hiking boots. Um, I made a mistake going on a hike with sneakers. I almost broke my ankle. So I, as soon as I came down <laughs> off the mountain, I went straight to L.O. Bean and I got myself some hiking boots. I got Merrill hiking boots. So when I used to play sports growing up, I used to have ankle issues. So I, I needed something that kind of like came up above the ankle. Um, or at least mid cleats. Um, so I, instead of getting like a, a low, kind of a low cut, I went with a, a media, a mid height uh, Merrill hiking boot. So here I am hiking in the woods. Uh, so that is my recommendation. If you yep. like hiking, try the Merrills. I have those too. Oh, you do? They're super comfortable. Yeah, they're yeah. really nice. Super, super comfortable. And they're actually actually yeah. a lot cheaper than I thought they were going to be. I um, When I went in, uh, my girlfriend Darcy, she was like, be prepared to spend. And I was like, I don't want to spend on hiking shoes. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> and then I went in, they were actually, they're actually super affordable. Um, and even more so here in New Hampshire because yeah. we don't have uh, state sales tax, which is amazing. Um, oh, so yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. Also, there's also there's also no state income tax, which is also doubly amazing too. Um, I know. I li- out of California. Yes, live free or die. Um, so <laughs> sure. that's kind of where we're at. Uh, so thank you, Olivia, for joining the podcast thank this week. You. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, super cool. Of course, and thank you for the suggestion as well. This was, yeah. uh, this was a cool. This was a cool episode. Um, you can listen to us every Thursday on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. If you yeah. are on iTunes, remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, review. That's five stars. Stars five for stars. Olivia this week. Five stars. <laughs> um, Olivia, have you given us five stars? Yes. You have. You are a you are I'm a, a follower. <laughs> yes, you're a loyal listener. I like that. Um, I love it. So five stars like Olivia. Um, right. and then you can always get us on our Instagram at breathe underscore in underscore pod, which is also our email address, breathe underscore in underscore pod at decision.org. Uh, I am Gunnar Sice, and that's Tiffany Rich. And thank you for joining us from Denver, Olivia. Thank you so much. All right, we'll see everyone next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.